0: Our reading is from Matthew chapter 18. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world for the temptations to sin, for it is necessary that temptations come, but woe to the one by whom the temptation comes. And if your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than with two hands or feet to be thrown into the eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away, it is better for you to enter life with one eye than two eyes, to be thrown into the hell of fire. It's Ash Wednesday, and thus the beginning of the season of Lent, the season where we focus intently as Christians upon discipleship, upon following Jesus all the way to the foot of the cross. It's a time of self examination and self renunciation, a time to focus on Jesus and to remove the distractions from our lives that keep us from doing so. Our passage this evening begins with a question from the disciples to Jesus Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And so often we we laugh at the disciples and we consider them clueless, but but I don't think this is necessarily a bad question. And in Matthew here, they, they aren't arguing amongst themselves. About who will be the greatest, and then Jesus overhears them, like in some other gospel accounts that are similar to this. No, 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 no. Uh, They don't get caught in the act, they bring the question straight to Jesus. And, And the question really is one of the qualities and qualifications of a spiritual leader. That's an important question. Think of all the possible answers about who's the greatest. Is the greatest person the person with the most knowledge of of theology and of of the Bible? Is the greatest the person who has attained the greatest degree of personal holiness? Is the greatest person the one who is wise, who we can always turn to for advice? Is the greatest person the the one who is prophetic, willing to speak truth to power, to afflict the comfortable and, and comfort the afflicted? Is the greatest one who is bold and an articulate witness for the truth? Is the greatest the one with charisma and, and charm, the one who can and draw and keep a crowd? Is the greatest the person who is willing not just to defend the faith, but to die for? it. These were all live options in, in the first century, and, and they still are now. The disciples aren't asking Jesus about what it means to be great in in general terms or according to the world standards. They are asking about greatness in the kingdom itself. And to my mind, that's not a bad question to be asking. But Jesus' answer is striking. It's striking because he rejects the premise of the question that they're asking and, and he substitutes his own. They're asking about greatness within the kingdom. And Jesus' answer is about what it takes to even enter the kingdom. The disciples' question assumes that they're insiders, and, and, and Jesus then warns them, and he warns us about the danger that we might actually be on the outside looking in unless. Unless what? Unless, Jesus says, you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, what does it mean to become like a child? And over the years, interpreters have looked for what they thought were the hallmarks of childhood, innocence, simplicity, teachableness, a lack of malice, a forgive and forget attitude. The 18th century English commentator Matthew Henry captures this line of thinking when he comments on the passage, "'Children, when very young, do not desire authority.'" Do not regard outward distinctions. Are free from malice. Are teachable and willingly dependent on their parents. To which I say, Have you met my children? This doesn't sound like them. On no, what it means to be a child, I love what the Swiss theologian Karl Barth says. He says, "As a new creation," here quoting Second Corinthians five seventeen, the Christian begins his life as one who is quite different, who starts again from the very first. Who is in fact a little child in this sense? This is the meaning when, in verse 1, replying to the question of the disciples about the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, Jesus sets a little child in the midst of them. This has nothing whatever to do with a childlike mind and character, with a childlike simplicity and innocence, as sentimentally suggested by many expositors. As little children means in the absolute novitiate which characterizes the existence. Of, the, of little children. The absolute novitiate, which characterizes the existence of little children. That's Bart's you know, fancy, highfalutin way of saying what Jesus says that's exemplary about children in this passage. Jesus says, Whoever humbles himself like this child is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. The greatest in the kingdom of heaven is the humblest. And, and it's so easy for us to miss because we take humility as a virtue for granted, but in the ancient world, humility was despised. It was servile. It was beneath contempt. would be like if I said to you, you know, unless you become pathetic like this child, you went under the kingdom of heaven. We hear that and go, oh, that's, that's not a good thing. I don't want to become pathetic. That's what people heard when they heard this word humility, right? Because uh, someone who was humble was someone who was without status, someone who, who didn't grasp after, seek after, strive after status. The greatest in the kingdom of heaven is the one who recognizes their status in relationship to God as that of a child. Humility is nothing less than knowing how small you are before God and thus knowing how precious you are in his sight. And so this Lent, let us hold these two truths together. That we are small before God, tiny before God. And therefore we are precious to Him. In the scheme of things, we don't matter at all. Our days are like a moment. Our lives like the grass of the field here today and gone tomorrow. We, we, we don't matter. We don't last. There's nothing enduring about us except that we are of infinite worth and value in the eyes of our Savior. This is the kind of humility that flows into love. Now, that's the self-examination that's necessary for land, but there's also a word of warning from Jesus that should lead us to self-renunciation. Jesus says that whatever causes you to sin ought to be cut off and thrown away, even if it's your eye or your hand or your foot. And so the message of Jesus and of Lent is this, that we don't take sin seriously enough. We we don't often reflect on the countless ways we become distracted from following Jesus and, and ultimately the things that we allow to lead us astray. In the classic words of the great English preacher Charles Spurgeon, be killing sin or it will be killing you. For Lent, it's traditional to give something up, for, to fast for these next 40-plus days, and so we give up meat or chocolate or alcohol or, or the great bane of, of modern life, social media. And that can be good in and of itself, just to abstain from something that has occupied too central of a place in our life. It, it's good to abstain from that. But this Lent... Let this text invite us not just give something up, but to, to, to give up also how they lead us into sin and away from Jesus. So don't just give up social media, but, but give up how it leads you into some jealousy and malice. And, and don't just give up alcohol, but give how we can use it to self-medicate, numb the pain. And don't just you know, give up, but take up. Take up the invitation of Jesus to become like a child, and take up his invitation to become a disciple, to deny yourself, bear the cross, follow him. The invitation of Lent is the invitation to become small again. But as we saw with the loaves and fishes and the little faith of Peter walking on water, little is always much in the hands of Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen.